0: Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Not a metaphor. No. Sometimes the storm itself is actually a storm like tornadoes and hail and wind and rain or blizzards or hurricanes or tsunamis. And sometimes the storm will throw you off base. Sometimes the, th- the storm will throw you out of your position. It'll throw you out of opportunity. It'll take things away from you. And as a leader, You've got to be ready for that. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family and freedom. I'm J. Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders podcast, and I want you to know right here on this set, which is actually outside on my patio in our new lake house. I love this little setting. I love the birds and the roosters in the background. Not so happy about the old trucks that cruise by, but hey, people got to work. And I'm glad they are because otherwise we'd be feeding them with our tax money. So I'm glad they're working. I'm glad, 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 glad they're working. Glad that I have a chance to work. But right here on this set, right here by the lake, we actually had 50 and 60 mile an hour wind gusts. And so everything you see in this camera angle behind me, except for me, was blown over, tossed around. These walls, these wooden walls, these are reclaimed barn wood. And they weigh close to 150 pounds a piece, but they were tossed around like matchsticks by the gusts of wind that came through here. The other lamp that I had broken, shattered, it's dust, it's toast. There's nothing I could do to fix it. My beautiful little fake palm tree behind me, it was all over the yard, but we were able to pick most of it up. I'm gonna have to replace the vase it's in, but the rest of it, seem to make it okay, and, and here's what I realize. There are a whole lot of people who have storms that blow through their life, that would come home like I did and find this set scattered all over the yard and think, well, I guess I'm just done. That's a good reason to quit, and it, it's an excuse to, well, to do nothing from here. And I can tell you there are a lot of people, whether you're talking about struggling with addiction, or you're talking about a loss of a job, heaven forbid the loss of a loved one, a change in a political season or a political climate, an environmental catastrophe, all of those, all of those things can be storms that destroy the hope that you have. And the three things that you need to counter those storms that are inevitable in life, are preparedness, awareness, and resiliency. Preparedness, awareness, and resiliency. By preparedness, I mean, you know that something is coming. You may not know what it is. You don't know if it's gonna be a hurricane or a tornado, if it's gonna be a snowstorm. In Texas, we've had ice storms and wind storms all in a 30-day window. Welcome to Texas, especially North Texas. But we know that all over the world there are climate events that no one can predict. No one thought Haiti would be hit by a tsunami or that Japan would be hit by a tsunami and an earthquake. But those things require preparedness, which means you look ahead at any potential possible disaster that could happen. And you ask yourself, in the event that the worst thing did happen, what would I do? What do I need? What do I need to have? What tools do I need to have at my fingertips or at least close by references and and response tools? Maybe that's, I don't know, a place to get away to. Maybe it's food and water rations for the next few days as you struggle with how you're gonna get past this moment of time. Maybe it's, who do I need to connect with? Who do I need to rely on as resources? Who will I depend on? Do I have an operating manual, a standard operating procedure, not only for myself, but for the people who might be coming behind me if I don't make it through this storm? And it's the failure of the leader to not have some kind of preparedness document for in the event of in the event of i don't make it through this do those who are left behind taking up my mantle realize what it's going to take to do this do they have everything necessary to pull that off not just instructions which would be very nice standard operating procedures have a purpose but also to have the tools and equipment the connections the relationships necessary to carry this on has somebody been walking alongside me in my shoes long enough to say if i don't show up It's going to come off this event, this, this process, this next book, this next season is going to come off the same way with or without me. If you haven't prepared the next group of people, the next generation to manage the spot that you're going to be vacant from, then you have failed as a leader to do your job because that legacy contingency is your job. I'll say that word in English in a minute, contingency. That's your job as a leader to be prepared for those things. Next, you've got to have awareness. You've got to be aware of the status of your entire team. Where are they? Are they in trouble? Do you need to stop what you're doing to help them? Can you get everybody on your team through this storm? Again, it doesn't matter if you're talking about a financial storm or a climate incident. You're talking about a a wildfire that breaks out. It it doesn't matter what the storm is. Maybe it's just a political storm. Maybe it's just a, a, a bad PR storm. Yes, leaders have those too. They make stupid mistakes. It gets in the news. And now there's a storm of public relations that you've got to deal with. That can cost you jobs. That can cost you customers. That can cost you income. That can cost you relationships. And you're going to have to deal with those things in the same way. Be prepared. Be aware. How's it impacting me? How's it impacting my clients? How's it impacting my team? What can I do to help them? Have I given them every tool necessary to get through this? Am I aware of their need? when I'm not standing here? Can it still come off without me? That's a big question every leader should be asking. And many are so ego-driven they don't bother to ask. And finally, you've gotta have resiliency. It was disheartening to find my studio set blown all over the yard. It was disheartening to find pieces broken and shattered and unreusable. It was disheartening to have to go invest money to buy more stuff to put this back together again. But resiliency said, I realize this is not ideal, but I'm gonna be fiercely flexible and I'm gonna charge into this challenge, this problem, this situation as we see it. And I'm not gonna quit, I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna let this little hiccup, this little road bump. And, and honestly, I know in the scheme of things, the grand scheme of things, that this is nothing. I mean, this is nothing. Disappointing, yes. Frustrating, yes. Irritating that I don't even have a studio to, to do this stuff in, yes. But is it enough to stop me? No, 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 or not even close. Not even close. And I'd I like to think that even if you 10X the scale of the problem, if you 10X the size of the storm, my preparedness, my awareness and my resiliency would be such that I would look at it and say, okay, not ideal but not the end of the world. I'm still kicking and breathing. I still have a chance to go do this again. I still believe in what I'm doing. I still believe in the people that I serve and I'm not staying down. I'm gonna get up and go do this again. And I don't care about the size of the organization that you lead. One person, 100,000 people, 1 million people, whether it's a small team or a country. If you don't have the preparedness, if you haven't thought through what will happen if, and taking the time to prepare yourself and your team with the assets, the tools and the operating procedures necessary, then when that disaster comes, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, if you're not prepared, you're not prepared. It it will take you by surprise and take your knees out from under you. If you're not aware of how every little hiccup, every decision you make, every challenge you face, every storm that comes your way will impact the people on your team and those you serve, you're not aware of that, then you're probably not going to be aware when the crisis comes how badly they need you to make decisions, provide resources, provide connections, and give direction. That's what you're here for as the leader. And if you're not resilient enough to face down the biggest, baddest storm, I mean, there are countries on earth that have been wiped out by natural disasters that we've never seen again. Countries, nations destroyed by war that never rose up again. The name of the nation doesn't exist anymore. And then there are those like Japan after World War II who came back get better. There are those like Japan after the tsunami and earthquake who came back better. There are those nations and countries and states who faced some of the worst of Florida in the most recent hurricane season. I believe it was 21 days from the hurricane strike until the bridges were open again. That's impressive. Even if it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, that's impressive. There are places along the Gulf coast that were hit by hurricane Katrina that still have not been rebuilt, partly for funding, partly because they don't need them anymore. But if you don't have the resiliency to face a storm of that magnitude and say, I'm still doing this, I'm coming back. I'll fight through it. I'll do it again. I'll start over if I have to, if you don't have that kind of resiliency in yourself, then your organization's not gonna have it either. And if your organization doesn't have it, survival is in question. Look, if you're a leader and you're leading an organization of any sort, if you're an influencer and you're influencing people to make decisions, you've got to come at any potential storm with preparedness, awareness, and resiliency. You better look ahead to what could happen, what could go wrong, and what tools do you have on hand to face that storm when it comes. Are you aware of how people are gonna need you when that happens? And are you resilient enough to face the storm and charge forward afterward? If you've got those three tools, you've got a great advantage. And if you don't have those three tools, chances are the next minor storm or major storm is gonna entirely wipe you out. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. All leadership is local and it's downstream of culture. That's what I wanna talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Now, maybe you've heard that phrase before. Maybe you haven't. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. Maybe you've heard the phrase, all politics is local, and it's downstream of culture. Well, I believe that's exactly why all leadership is local, and it's also downstream of culture. What do I mean by local? Well, first off, it happens right here with me first. I can't lead. I can't be involved in politics. I can't be involved in expressing my ideas or influence in anybody else's life until I know that they've worked in my own. How many times have you seen someone who wants to press their ideas, press their leadership qualities, their political agenda, their global initiatives down your throat, but they haven't even tried them on their own, or they've tried them and they didn't work. They've applied them and they failed, or they even failed to implement them where they were tried. And every time they come back and say, well, it'll work if enough people do it, enough Of You people do it. If enough of everybody else does it, it won't matter what I do. That's kind of the way that, um, well, tyranny starts. It's kind of the way the dictators operate. Everybody else will do what I tell them to do and, well, I'll do what I want to do. That's kind of how it works. Well, it doesn't work because leadership is local. Leadership starts with me. It starts with you. The people that you lead, the people that you influence, expect you to do what you ask them to do. They expect to see that the same policies apply to you that apply apply to them. If they are expected to manage certain standards, you should be expected to hold those same standards. If they're expected to follow certain policies and procedures, you should be expected to follow those same policies and procedures. If they're good for the group, they're good for the leader. Well, the same is true in politics. We don't want our state representatives, our city council, our mayors, our governors, our national political heroes, our global political heroes, we don't want them to live by a standard that's different than what they enforce on us. We don't want them to live a life where they kind of get away with anything and yet we're held accountable for everything. That's not a system of equality or equity like we want to see in the world. And so when we say that both leadership and politics are local, what we mean is they start first in the smallest sphere of influence yourself. Maybe the people you live with, then the people you work with, then the people you're responsible to, then the people you're responsible for, like your kids or your employees or your team. When you lead them to make decisions, to take action, and you find that that action, that decision is destructive, it's costly, it hurts people, it costs a lot of money, it does damage that's irreparable. like chemicals in the water, I mean, we're just now hearing, after several years, I've been out of the Air Force for a minute now, but we're now hearing that the firefighting foam that I used while on active duty is cancer-causing. And it's not just cancer-causing, it has a one-billion-year half-life, apparently. It never goes away, and now that all the fires that have been fought with this AFFF foam have been put out all over the world, all of that chemical has leached into the water system All of the planet and it's not just cancer causing in contact on your skin it's now being ingested in your water systems all over the world and just keep listening to what's going on around you all right so is leadership local well somebody knew what kind of studies had been done or hadn't been done on that kind of foam when they created it when they first merged it with water and said oh look how good it does at putting out a petroleum fire we should use a lot of that stuff Somebody knew then what the chemical harm could be, what the lethality could be, what the half-life could be. And the fact that they didn't act then shows that they were making decisions purely on profit or immediacy and not the long-term effect. All politics, all leadership is local. It starts right here, right now. Are the decisions you're making right here and right now good for the short-term and the long-term or just good for the moment? Are they prudent for the long-term? Are they prudent for the incident? That is a significant difference. Will you be making good long-term decisions or just making decisions that make you feel good, look good, make you profitable right now? You've gotta be responsible as a leader to ask yourself that question and answer it honestly. So the second half of my statement, all leadership is local and it's downstream of culture. What does it mean it's downstream of culture? Well, let's take that to the political example. In the political example, a culture, the the way that people operate, the way that people interact, the way that people treat each other is usually an essential element of the condition of the neighborhood, the condition of the community, the condition of the workplace, the condition of the family. If the culture is negativity and hateful words and judgment and criticism and Meism and competition and selfishness. You know if you live or work in an environment like that where everybody else's agenda overrides your own and nobody has an agenda for everybody. Everybody has their own individual, independent goals to achieve and they don't care who they have to step on to get them. Well, we see that in a political arena We see that when local city council, local school boards, local uh, governors or county uh, commissioners court or county judges make decisions that line their pockets with profit. That's the politics being local, but it's all about the culture. So if you get five or six leaders who are willing to lie, cheat and steal to get their way to the top, they're willing to give out perks and, and benefits to their buddies so that they can continue to get to the top of the food chain and maintain control, Well, that culture is going to feed into everything they do. That culture is going to mean if you play ball with them, if you negotiate with them, if you give them the favors they expect from you, if they get the perks that they expect you to deliver, well, good on you. You'll get all the good things that you want. You'll get the approval on your permits. You'll get the opportunity to do business with the local government. You'll get opportunity to build where you want to build and build what you want to build. You'll get everything that's necessary to pull that off if you are willing to play the system, so to speak. If that's the culture that's established by your local leadership and your local government, well, then that's exactly the kind of result that you're going to see. You're going to see that leadership is local. It's decided in the county courthouse, it's decided by the individual, it's decided by the local leader, but it's also a result of, or it's downstream of the culture. Do they believe in honesty, and values of integrity, in morality? Is there a baseline for what's right and what's wrong regardless of who it benefits? If those things are true, then that culture will drive the decisions that are made. That culture will help the local organizations and those in expanding spheres Continue to make decisions based on what's right and good for everybody, not just the selfish agenda. Take time to figure out what your culture is and then remember that leadership is also very local. It starts and ends with me. The way I lead me will feed into the way I lead others or fail to lead others. I'm Jay Warren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith Family and freedom.
1: Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine and then The class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already, and I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.